forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to to Tell tell on the Pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things that you tell us about. Um, It's about, it's for people who like to laugh and like to be scared. Um, And like to laugh while scared. I don't know. (laughs) This is a very specific kind of person where if something scary happens, they start laughing. That's what this is. Yeah. Um, What is that primal reaction? I guess it's like, well, I'm about to die, so I might as well be having fun. <laughs> you know? My brain is being flooded with some sort of chemical that makes me make this noise. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you're drowning or freezing to death and you have that euphoria. I, know. I don't know why I know that fact. It, it certainly couldn't be true, but I certainly know it. And I feel you and I definitely looked up that very fact at a certain moment in our lives, probably around the age of 13, just to be like, this. <laughs> Oh my god! What this be like? Speaking speaking of scary, I found my diary from when I was sixteen and went on a three week uh, student ambassador tour of Europe. Oh. And oh my god, it's brutal! <laughs> it, like people are like, I was a nerd when I was a kid, and this is like, it's not even um, adorable. It's just <laughs> painful. I'm like quoting fan fiction authors' bios and like. <laughs> Talking about my brother is taping the Graham Norton effect for me. <laughs> like writing, like I wrote five entries in the airport before I even left. <laughs> oh my God, it's so brutal. I also, am reading it in Kyle Mooney's voice uh, against my will. It just is <laughs> being that read that way. Right. I can't. <laughs> it's so crazy. Nothing is scarier to me than the idea of a student ambassador. Nobody wants a like, student being an ambassador. <laughs> what it's insane it really was just a trip for like kids who had money to spend and (laughs) wanted to finger and be fingered and talk about fingers and um that wasn't me i was there to learn i was like these swiss people need my help um this is so insane (laughs) really oh my gosh can't believe it it said like (laughs) to say that spain is beautiful would be to say that Hugo Weaving is cool. Oh, it just doesn't do it justice. And, uh, I, <laughs> so I can. Uh, I'm <laughs> Hugo Weaving played uh, the tertiary character of Elrond the Elf in yeah. the Lord of the Rings movies. It is <laughs> shocking. I. He's not cool. <laughs> I'm so glad. It does make sense that you and I were both journalers. Um, I have never, my mom is always like, you'll be so happy that you journaled to be able to look back at your life. I have never been happy to have, to have found a journal of mine. I'm just like, oh my we need God. to go back in time and burn this kid alive. <laughs> Someone needs to actually bully this girl. Not like, you know, the soft bullying. I mean, like targeted bullying. Um, <laughs> no, it's sweet. I'm fine. But it's just really like scalding. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. But that fits. I don't know. Something about childhood <laughs> journals feels very right for this podcast because um, yeah. we talk about a childhood tome that might mean something to a lot of our listeners. Uh, the Scary Stories Tell in the Dark series. That way to go, Andrew. Bringing it back. Um, yeah. These books are great. Maybe you like them too. Uh, maybe you got it at a scholastic book fair. Hey. 
Um, maybe they're given to you by a bad neighbor boy. Who knows? <laughs> um, but they were collected by Alvin Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gamble. And today's my turn to tell a story from these books. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading from More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is the second book out of three, which is a trilogy, much like Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> and this is The Two Towers. And um, this story is called Cemetery Soup. Oh, I love this one. On her way home from the market. Okay, female protagonist, go off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow, strong, a hero. She feminist. went. She verb. <laughs> she went. She's going to her, her home. <laughs> wow, female small homeowners. <laughs> Stop. Okay. On her way home from the market, the woman took a shortcut through the cemetery. There, sticking up out of the ground, she saw a big bone. She picked it up and looked it over carefully. This will make a very good bone soup. Sorry. (laughs) This will make a very good soup bone. I tried to do it twice. I think it's great, Anna. No, I I say stick with it. No, but it made me do it wrong. It'll be annoying. (laughs) I hate myself. Can we start? (laughs) This will make a very good soup bone, she said. I think I'll take it home. It's perfect weather for hot soup. When she got home, the first thing she did was start the soup. Into the big soup pot went water, carrots, green beans, corn, barley, onions, potatoes, a snitch of beef, excuse me, some salt and pepper, and the bone. She brought it all to a boil, then brought it down to a simmer. Yum, she said, sniffing it and tasting it. I can hardly wait till supper. Suddenly, she heard a small voice. Please give me back my bone. The woman paid no attention. Soon, she heard the voice again. May I have my bone back, please? The woman was reading the newspaper. Queen, okay. (laughs) And again, she didn't take any notice. In a little while, the voice spoke up once more. It was beginning to sound angry. Give me back my bone. The woman kept on reading the paper. Some people are too impatient, she muttered. (laughs) Once more, the voice spoke. Now it sounded very angry. And it was so loud, the whole house shook. I want my bone back. The woman reached into the pot, grabbed the bone, and threw it out the window. In a voice just as loud, she shouted, Take it! There was an eerie silence. The woman, then the woman heard footsteps scurrying away from the house, down the road, toward the cemetery. And she got up. And served herself some soup. The <laughs> end. I have so much to say. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Primarily, this is a story about marrow erasure. <laughs> this is a story about marrow. Eat the marrow. Eat the marrow. 
<laughs> this is a story about finding your voice, about the efficacy of anger, wow. about feeding yourself, the <laughs> politics of food, uh, <laughs> disgusting Caucasian recipes. Um, you have to start with the carrots. Uh, sorry, with the onions. That's true. You don't throw it all in at the same time. Also, the, the concept of just throwing corn and green beans in at the beginning and potatoes? This is out I of control. It. No. Yeah. This is out of control. And it's a scary story because, as listeners will know, Andrew was nearly killed by a pot of soup um, in February of 2020. <laughs> That's true. And I'm I'm finally ready to um, face it again. Yeah. No, this feels good. This feels right. Um, oh, my God. There's a lot. Okay. First of all, she does not have a first and last name. No. Um, like many protagonists, um, dare I say female protagonists, um, a lot of the times with these stories, it'll be like... Tom Dardo was a man <laughs> like it starts with a first and last name. And a lot of time the women are like a woman was car <laughs> like very, <laughs> very um, it's or sometimes it's men too. like it's not specifically gendered. But a lot of the time it's like it's just interesting. It puts you in that like simplistic folk story like around a campfire like yeah. very early American sort of a woman was walking home right, from the market. Could. These are like. They're very tropey things. Yes. And I, I don't know, Anna, something from your reading about it, immediately I was like, well, she's an she's an intimacy specialist. <laughs> <laughs> that was She's no nonsense. Yeah. She is she oh is um she is speaking in a way that is clear. She wants to be heard and understood. Um, but also she's not gonna be bullied. She's not good, she's not self-conscious at all. No. Which like um we there are a couple other what do you call it? The golden arm stories? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Trope, the, yeah. the one where it's somebody finds a nasty dead human flesh and is like, I'm, this gives me a great idea for eating food <laughs> and takes it home. We've got the big toe. We've got just delicious. We've got wonderful sausage. Um, there's something about human meat that like, a it's available, which like these stories take place like roughly in the great depression, but also the 1800s or, mm-hmm. and also the seventies. We've talked about this. Um, like it's this forbidden thing, right? Like it's not really yours. It belongs to somebody else and somebody else wants it back. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I also like this story cause nobody is tortured, you know, like she still gets her soup. That's true. Um, I, I don't think until I started making my own stock, I don't think I understood the, the like comedy of the fact that like, you do discard a bone after you boil it. So it's like she just wanted to have it for the full simmer time and then she's going to give oh, it a bone. Oh, yeah. I know. And it's interesting that, like, it. the voice was very polite at first and was quiet. Like, she barely heard it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels like this could be an episode of Barefoot Contessa and it's Ina Garten the whole yes. time. And it's like... Jeffrey is out of town. <laughs> yes. I'm making a big pot of soup just for myself. It's going to be so naughty. And it's like, <laughs> as she's talking, there's like this ghoul at her window that's like, give me back my bone. She's like, it needs to simmer <laughs> for the full six hours. Don't skimp on it. Andrew, write it. <laughs> write it, please. My God. Um. Oh, I should also talk about the drawing. Oh, please. This is a great get too drawing. too far into it. Yeah, this character, the drawing, the character in this drawing really matches how I see this person. Um, it's a very literal drawing. It's a fuzzy, grassy hill with a very cloudy sky behind her. Um, 
is this woman in the middle who looks very much like uh, a Judy Dench, a Helen Mirren sort of when they when they really ug them up, you know, um, <laughs> like it just older, very coded British with frizzy hair all over the place and a nice big nose. And she's wearing a big gray overcoat that goes down to her calves. And she's wearing these like buckled leather boots. And on the left side, she's dragging some like ramshackle little um, cart with a lid on it, which we can assume that she went to market. I assume she was buying stuff at the market, but maybe she was selling stuff. Maybe she makes arm warmers with Invader Zim on it. I don't I don't know what she does. She is wearing a striped scarf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if she was selling. Maybe this is her. She was buying vegetables for the soup. But um, and the right side of the. The, the the drawing is uh, very thick, entire lower calf and foot bones <laughs> with a really thick ulna, which I don't know which, if that's arm or leg. Um, the One of the bones is real thick, and then the foot is very thick and very curled. Yeah, it is, it is very reductive to describe this whole appendage as a bone, because this is a full leg and foot. It's a, it's a leg and foot. Yeah. A little leg and foot. Um, it's an ankle with both sides of the ankle. Um, yeah, so this woman, and she's got a little smirk on her face like, huh. Got it. Like, well, I eat bones, I guess. <laughs> like, she is not a stranger to herself. She knows herself very well. This woman hasn't been embarrassed for 20 years. Exactly. She's Miriam this- Margolis. Do you know who that is? You're a Graham Norton fan. So you know Miriam Margolis? Uh, oh, I don't. No, I was a full poser. I would get obsessed <laughs> with things and then know almost nothing about it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This woman. Yes, yes, I know her. Yeah, yeah. It's very, that feels oh very God. in her wheelhouse. Yeah. You have to understand, I was a fan of the Graham Norton effect. Okay. Not the Graham Norton show. Very specific time. Uh, the Comedy Central early 2000s <laughs> adaptation. You have to understand. Anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's, she's got her life, you know, like she's reading her newspaper. Mm -hmm. Um, she doesn't feel guilty at all. She just doesn't want to be bothered. Like she gives it back now because she's scared. That was always, it's just, oh, sorry. Oh no, you go. That was always what was so surprising to me when we got to the newspaper part. I was always like, oh my God, like this is, this could be now, you know, like we're not talking, (laughs) this isn't 1700s. Like this could be right now. Right. This could this book could be from yesterday. I know. I know. Yeah, little things like a radio where you're like, whoa. It always wild to me. And then I guess the illustration, like seeing her with a cart, I don't know why that immediately placed it where I was like, oh wow, I've seen that. I've seen a cart. I've seen an old woman with a cart on Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. It that is I guess we should say what what is scary about this story? It's not that scary, I have to say. No, this one, this is definitely to dip toes in when you are a fearful child. My my Aunt Kathy would read this story very well, I might add, and it would make me laugh my head off. She did a very good voice at the end with, take it, and it always made me laugh. Um, (laughs) I I guess the scary thing about it is, on one end, you can't fully be on the woman's side because she has taken up, she has desecrated a tomb to make a soup, you know? Um, Right. But also, like, I guess what's scary about it is that, first of all, there are zombies who want their bones back, but also that mm-hmm. there is someone who'd be like, I'm not going to give you your own leg back until I get my soup that I want. Yeah. 
I guess, yeah, to me, before this conversation, to me, the scariest part of the story is the idea of eating human bone soup. <laughs> and oh. like what kind of world you'd have to live in where that would make sense. That's a very good point. Anne. <laughs> like the scariest thing happens in the second sentence. Right. Um, like, or the second paragraph. This would make a very good bo- soup bone. Right. Like, it's it just like you there are markets you could go, but you already had a snitch of beef or whatever. Like it's not that hard to get bones. It's just like, yeah, the laziness and the like immediate. I have no problem with eating a human bone. If you also, if you're really like stock bones are not that expensive. If you're going to a place where it's like, you're getting uh, fresh vegetables, you know, but if you are hard up, this is a little this is a little failsafe for any of our um, gourmands who might be listening. You can just put in some plain unflavored gelatin into a soup, and you will get the same velvety, rich texture that you're oh, looking. Wow, because it is it bone. It bone. I hate to break it to you when you're eating a My Jello God. jiggler. You're eating a jiggly bone, baby. Well, some of the Jello is like vegetarian, right? Is it? Is there vegetarian I, Jello? I think so. I feel like they stopped using bone. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm gonna look this up. Readers, please write in or just start screaming. Um, okay, there is veg. I don't think there's vegetarian Jello as like a brand, um, but there is like uh, simply delish gel dessert. Whoa! So like all powdered Jello is bone? I think all powdered Jello is bone. I mean, it might not be. It might not. At, at one point, it was bone. It's gone through a lot of different variations to get there, but um, bone dessert. My God, is all pig jello? and cow collagen? It's all jello. It's not kosher. It's not kosher. Wow, that's so crazy. I always assumed. I, I I think I always assumed it had something to do with cornstarch, but that's just pudding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pudding doesn't have bone in it. P- rest assured, everybody. Your pudding. Wait, is- we can't say that for sure. That's we true. don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, calm down. Wait, no, it's bones. Oh my God. <laughs> Everything is bones. I'm on the Wikipedia page for pudding. How's your Sunday going? <laughs> My God, what the hell is going on? My oh. grandfather saved every life on his ship, and here I am reading the Wikipedia page for pudding. Go Could I hell. have a healthier sort of pudding? <laughs> is the pudding made of my friends from the farm? Um, but I do think a lot of the horror to do with... Um, just delicious or wonderful sausage is this thing about like, what is in our food? Um, like, how do you, can you imagine eating something that its origins are like some unspeakable, uh, horrifying thing? Yeah. Like, you know, the proximity to, um, animals like that, the human bone is in the, pot with beef i guess it's not clear that it's human bone from the text but in the picture it's a foot and it's very clearly human foot oh um, yeah yeah just in the story it just has a big bone okay this it, this is making me look at her in a different light right agreed. um but also like you don't you call i don't know you gotta tell someone if you find a big bone <laughs> or at least a friend that's true you have an obligation as a as a citizen as a part of society, when you see exposed bone in a graveyard, there's someone you've got to be able to call. Yeah. Well, this comes back to like from um, like 
party monster and the jinx like there's some weird rules about like it's not illegal to find a human body and not tell anyone oh i think or it like it's not it's not that it's not illegal it's just like less illegal than you think it is like Mm -hmm. i I don't know anyway so she doesn't have to tell anyone (laughs) but she should right it's more of a moral thing right um let me just see sorry okay there we go um yeah also the fear of like one day it's like of our own mortality like what if i die and somebody makes me soup that like we could be treated as that unimportant is scary (laughs) this soup is about a fear of death ultimately (laughs) yeah we're we are sucking the essence out of living things in order to um gain something from them you gotta yeah and you just throw it out the damn window that's so crazy. I will say when it comes to, you know, we, we've talked briefly about um, casting for this, but there is something about um, the, the like elder elder States women of uh, the British stage that feel imperative to this. Like it's almost Shakespearean, you know, it's like this woman is like the fool um, because she's looking death in the face and she's kind of laughing at it. Yeah. And also, like, sort of British folklore is, like, very much side-by-side with death. Yeah. Um, You know, it's just everywhere. It's the plague. It's all that. It's the plague. Um, I also could see an Alfre Woodard or, like, um, any of the Desperate Housewives women. Wow. Um, Yeah, I love Alfre Woodard. She's so good. She's so good at, like, saying a dramatic line while shaking her head a little bit. Really and that, like that feels very right for this old woman. Now, what are we thinking for the voice? <sighs> the voice? Is it Kate Micucci? I don't know. Wow. Um, friendly, polite, but has the ability to step up and be upset about yeah. what she's owed. Yes. Um, yeah, Kate Micucci's really... Yeah, I, I, love, I, I love a voice actor who has like... I mean, Joe Firestone feels also very like in that Makuchi world. Oh, definitely really good for this. Yeah, that's great. Jason just ran through the room in a towel, as if like you could see him be naked through the. S- he didn't know if there was video, so he wanted to call attention to himself by sprinting. Unbelievable. Oh, that's a thoughtful. That's a thoughtful boyfriend to to be considerate about the potentiality of video being on. Oh, all of his coworkers have seen me in the nude. Um, He puts (laughs) up like um, novelty backgrounds for work that like, he'll be in like a Quiznos or something. And then just in the background, it'll be my hulking nude ass. (laughs) (laughs) Making him look good for his, um, that's like, yeah. Like Chris will be playing, Chris will be playing like um, a a game with his uh, Long Island friends and I'll walk into the bedroom in a full sweater and like jack-o'-lantern briefs. And I'll be like, oh, (laughs) rude. No, that's nice. We have to remember we are not always in our homes. It's true. How are we ever going to (laughs) adapt? Yeah, I like this. I like this for the small voices. I mean, are we casting out the bone? Are we making the bones? I think we should. I, I do think it's ultimately the offer will go out to Andy Circus, but I don't think he'll even respond. We always, I mean, just out of dignity for the actor, we always have to put the offer out to Andy Circus yeah. when it comes to an inanimate spooky object. Well, like 
he has the same agent as the voice. So it's like weird. Like he'll be like, do they not like me? Is there like something going around about me? What's going on? <laughs> who was the installation artist who wore all red and sat and stared at people? Oh, Marina the Abramovich. Yes. There's like uh, potentially a Marina Abramovich <laughs> has the bone. I like that. Fun. I yeah. also think like, um, like, uh, you know, like Lana Del Rey had Jack Nicholson's either son or grandson on the cover of her, um, her album Norman fucking Rockwell where it's, oh, right. I think it could be someone who's like, doesn't do anything and just sits there, but is like, it's the context is interesting. Oh yeah. Like how, how like some like rappers will have like a famous woman just sit on stage during their set. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah. This would be like, I'm trying to think of like who's, who, who's loosely related to the concept of bones. <laughs> Who's a slip? Emily like, Emily Deschanel's like dog, you know. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> I kid you not. I was like her dog. I, I her. to me, I was for me whatever reason. I, my brain went to bunny. <laughs> like I just assume she has a rabbit. I don't. Know. She can't ever travel. She just has to be home for that bunny all the time. And then it just becomes a thing that every college student inherently knows. Like no one ever told them. They just know. But they're like, you know, that bunny is Emily Deschanel's from Bones. Yeah. <laughs> She's actually really nice. <laughs> she like talked to me in the elevator. So cool. <laughs> oh, um, God. I really – this is one of my favorite – this is one of my favorite joke scary stories because it still – it doesn't let you off the hook with a jump at the end. Um, it gives oh, you yeah. closure. And, and there's something – I mean, all these stories have like a folksy fun element to them, but there is something very more specific about this protagonist than in a lot of the other vague stories. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I I like that. it It's like everybody gets what they want. This is sort of Mm -hmm. like the kind of movie and TV show that I really like where the stakes aren't that high. No one is suffering. Um, Like people aren't being tortured and murdered for no reason. Uh, It's (sighs) just, People have wants and, you know, everybody gets it. This is reminding me, um, Chris and I just went to a drive-in on Friday and we saw Minari. Oh um, my God. How was it? It was, it's exactly what you're, you're describing, which is like, it's incredibly moving. There are certainly stakes, but like, I, I don't know. There's some piece about it to me about just like watching a family go through something that is human sized. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, it's like there's not a space station that's about to, like, drop on their house. Like, it's just, like, it's about a family working through it. And the grandmother in Minari is exactly who I'm thinking of for this old woman character. You, Everyone, oh, you have to rocks. see it. It's it's one of the best performances. If she doesn't get nominated for every award, I'll be stunned. Um, but, yeah, uh, an unexpected grandma who, like, doesn't play by the rules. That rocks. I love that for yeah. grandmas. Oh, that's um, so good. Anna, thank you so much for bringing this story in. It's your old fave. Thanks for meeting me where I'm at. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, did anything spooky happen to you this week, Anna? Um, aside from uh, finding this journal that's very haunting, Jason <laughs> and I went for a walk in the park at night, and this, the Ooh. trees looked very spooky. That was kind of nice. That felt that It felt is- very Halloween-y. I love that. I love... I we I mean it's like I think about the animated um Ichabod Crane Disney thing and they capture trees at night very well. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was very Ichabod Craney. 
Ichabod Crane. Um, Andrew, did anything scary happen to you this week? Um, oh, oh, okay. Oh, uh, a spooky thing did happen. Okay. So, um, we heard in our hallway. Oh God, your apartment like, building. Yeah, it's it's never ending. We're moving in June. It, 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 we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, we we're, we heard like kind of a like a kerfuffle happening out in the hallway, like not urgent but kind of hushed tones, and we were like, oh, like what's going on? We went to look out our peephole, Anna, and it was pitch black. Oh. Like, and we thought, oh my god, someone's covered our peephole. Um, which then made us immediately more engaged in what was happening out in the hallway. Cause we were like, what is going on? Why would they cover the people? Anna, we opened the door. Nothing had covered the people. The power in the hallway was out oh. just in the hallway power in our apartment. Totally fine. And the hallway was pitch black. Like scary. couldn't see with your hand in front of your face. That's scary. Isn't it? I mean, to me, first of all, a fire hazard, because that's unsettling to know. An earthquake hazard. Frankly, everything hazard. It's an everything hazard when the light goes out in the hallway. How long was <laughs> yes. it out for? Um, I, We didn't even know. We were like, we immediately felt like mm, something about this feels not great. And so we like closed the door and locked it. And then about an hour later, we checked and it had, the light was back on again. But it's one of those like little things that I'm sure, you know, anyone expecting a real scary thing would like have their eyes rolled. But it felt as though the first strange thing that happens in a horror movie. Yeah. You know? Oh, completely. Um, and that was that was very eerie. Also, ever since then, every time Chris and I go to bed, we have a panic where we're like, did we lock the door? You know that feeling? Oh, yeah. You, you can't live there anymore, Andrew. I know there's it's too much little things that are building up in a way that I'm like, we got to get out of here because also we can't even use the hot tub in COVID time. So it's like later. I know. I know. It's so weird to look at apartment um, listings where they're like, look at the beautiful pool and gym. And it's like, don't. Why are you talking to me about that? I know. It's like, will the lights go out randomly in the hallway and I'll be stuck in a void of nothingness? Yeah. And they're like, yes. Yes. And you're um, like, thank you. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you, listeners, for listening. It's what you yes. do best. Um, I love it. Uh, if you like us, you can leave us a, a five star review. And if you don't, you could sort of scream it into a plant. Um, <laughs> follow us on socials. It's scary story underscore pod. Um, you can also send us your own scary stories, which we will read on the pod at scarystorypod at gmail.com. Um, did I do it all? Yeah, I think there's just one thing we ask of you. Get, Get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.